Uh-huh. I know what time it is. Let's get it then. Yeah. Monday Night Raw. Podcast from the shadows. And it's like doing nothing. thing. WWE. It's Monday Night Raw, baby. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? Open up Monday Night Raw with uh, Raw Commissioner Stephanie McMahon. And she's inter- She's getting ready to introduce Becky Lynch. And Becky interrupts her. Now, we know on Twitter uh, this week, it was uh, promoted. A lot of social media platforms was promoted that Becky was invited to Raw. She said she was going to be there anyway, I guess, to continue to try to troll and bother Ronda Rousey and get underneath her skin before their match at WrestleMania. But, uh, you know, she comes out and Stephanie literally says that she was uh, gonna introduce her as the Royal Rumble winner and that's a good look for the you know women's division in itself so Becky interrupting this like, eh, you know don't be don't be too much of a man when it comes to that but or the man quote-unquote but that's just that's small either way the the juice of this really good segment was Stephanie basically pleading with Becky to Go to the hospital and get that knee checked out. We know what happened uh, back at Royal Rumble. And, you know, it, it wasn't a good look for Becky to get pushed down like that. Of course, it was a great look for her to, you know, win the entire World, World, Royal Women's Royal Rumble, excuse me, but to have a knee injury like this, and it could be not, you know, want to go see any doctors, you know, in storyline. It, it's not good because she could be potentially taken out of the match if, you know, her knee is worse than what she's letting on. And this is everything Stephanie was trying to tell her. But, you know, Becky refuses. Stephanie tells her that if she doesn't want to do it, then she's going to have to be suspended. Becky is underneath the impression that this is some sort of ploy to get her out of the match and have the Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey match that was, I guess, the initial plan. But, you know... I'm, it is what it is, you know, I don't want to say that what the, that's what the plan is, but if she did land on her knee pretty bad, you know, then it, you know, WWE has world-class doctors. We've heard some say, oh, well, they could just pay a doctor and say that Becky's knee is worse off than it is, but I would even argue uh, WWE champion Dan Bryan's uh, story where he, you know, went and got second opinions and uh, you know, third opinions and stuff like that. You know, the fight for your dreams idea is uh, prevalent here. But either way, uh, you know, Stephanie threatens to have to suspend her. Becky tells her and she's not going to be responsible for what takes place. And it's like, whoa, were you threatening the commissioner? Uh, we'll see how this turns out. And, you know, Stephanie asks her one more time to go get it checked out. She says no. And Stephanie ultimately, excuse me, suspends Becky from WWE. Now, if we're looking at the plan, well, the quote-unquote initial plan and trying to get Charlotte in there with Ronda at WrestleMania, then this would definitely be a part of it. But, you know, uh, Stephanie suspends her and Becky just attacks her. And that was almost unnecessary. So whilst Becky is attacking Stephanie's security and a lot of WWE officials come out to the ring to try to break up the brawl and 
you know, when Becky had Stephanie, excuse me, Becky got Stephanie into the corner and when Stephanie uh, went down, she kicked Becky in the knee to get her off. It was self-defense, but this could have made the knee injury that much worse in storyline. Like, if uh, Becky takes the hit like that, she might have been cleared, but now with the kick, she might not be. I think I said that the uh, wrong way. If, if she wouldn't have gotten into the brawl, maybe she'd be all right. But now, since she's in the brawl, now with the kick, it might not be, uh, she might not be cleared for Mania. Who knows? That's just uh, a couple of directions that the storyline could go. We don't know what's going to happen. But for right now, as of right now, Becky Lynch is suspended from WWE. So I guess she has no choice but to get the knee checked out. Maybe she'll be okay uh, in a month, maybe two months, and then she'll be fine for Mania. But it's a lot of storyline to go to then. And we're just going to have to see how it all plays out. So that was the opening segment. And uh, let's go ahead and get into the next one. Wait, no, here goes Ronda Rousey. We need to get this. Wow. Oh. Wow. Wow. So Ronda Rousey pretty much told her, like, I almost put her in a place in a way. You know, didn't, didn't really pull any punches there. Kept it real, said, you're just showing up the road to get cheers. And for, you know, your little sob story of what, becoming who you are because no one cared about you before. And you need ice and Advil for your little knee injury. And you're making a match look bad. And you're being unprofessional because now we're probably not even going to have the match because of your attitude problem. Whoa. If I, I say it like this. That was good from last week. It's better. She saw the mistake and she worked on it. And now she has she had a great backstage segment. Oh, we're going to see how it works out for her going in front of the crowd doing it next time around. But for right now, she totally scored points, at least with me. We're just telling Becky, like, look, you could be the man. But right now, just all of that stuff and attacking and getting suspended, you're taking away the main event. The first ever main, the first ever main event where women are doing it, you know, in WWE at WrestleMania. You know, like this this is a pretty big match and everything that Becky's been I don't wanna say crying about, but everything that she's been uh complaining about with Charlotte being in the space that she wants to be in and stuff like that, well, now if one of the one of the possibilities for the storyline could be Charlotte going in and being in that spot that everyone thought was gonna happen initially, but you know, whether or not you're a glitch in the system, you know, attacking the boss and getting suspended and all of that. I think, honestly, we need to see Becky versus Nia Jax 
at Fastlane. That's what I would want to see. Just to make sure we get the, this, this little rivalry blown off. Because Nia Jax at every turn has been, uh, you know, a thorn, a, a glitch in Becky's uh, master plan, if you will. So, with that, uh, let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, I don't think it's for the women's championship, but there's a women's match, women's division match between Ronda Rousey, well, Riley Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan. Let's see how that plays out. <laughs> Ronda Rousey getting, well, excuse me, R Rowdy Ronda Rousey getting there with Liv Morgan. Make easy work of them. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Riley Squad is a great team, you know, great, uh, stable, great women, stable. They've shown the strongest amount of camaraderie or camaraderie. Uh, since they've debuted on the main roster, and uh, you know they all have uh, they're three separate parts to one machine. You know, like uh, Liv Morgan is more agile in this in this tense. You know, Ruby is the all-around. Uh, you know, she's the leader, and there's a reason why she's a leader because she has the speed and the power. You know, so Liv Morgan would be the speed, and uh, Sarah Logan would be that Viking strength. So it's a it's a very cool mix of three women superstars. So Liv Morgan's in there and uh, she's, you know, running away a lot. You know, these are slight heel tactics, but it was one good move where she, you know, flipped under a punch from Ronda Rousey, did a little front tumble, front roll, if you will. And what she did was, you know, did a little fun thing and went for a matrix move after that to do another uh, attack or another punch from Ronda Rousey. So the little matrix bridge she does, she gets punched in the stomach and goes uh, to the mat. That was a, a funny way of showing that Ronda, excuse me, that Rowdy Ronda Rousey has like an extensive background so she knows how to read what the situation is and then respond to it offensively. And she did just that. So she puts Liv Morgan down and cinches in the armbar for the tap out victory. Very, very fast. Match wasn't even five minutes. Moving on, we get uh, Ronda Rouse grabs the mic. She's clearly still heated about last week with, you know, the fans booing her. And, you know, that's something that comes with the game. I think she was expecting expecting all cheers. But, uh, you know, this is this is WWE and the crowd does exactly what they want. So. You know, that's just something that she has to uh, figure out. But pretty much, you know, she's saying crowd booing a lot, you know, and, you know, these girls out there glaring at her. So she challenges them. So somebody do something. Sarah Logan did try to interfere in the match a little earlier between her and Liv Morgan. So, you know, uh, she pretty much challenges Sarah Logan to a match. And, and they went at it. And well, they're starting to go at it now. But it's uh it's it's cool because now she's taking out the she took out the speed now she's gonna attempt to take out the power we saw a lot of uh, power moves in the early part with just you know uh, Sarah lifting her up throwing her into the turnbuckle and you know, Ronda was able, was able to try to get in the armbar but it didn't quite work because uh, again Sarah Logan is you know powerful so she was able to roll to the ropes and get the ring or to get the rope break. But uh, the Riot Squad members have pulled her out of the ring. So now we're going to see how the rest of this match continues. So we get back and Ronda Rousey has Sarah Logan in a uh, triangle choke. A couple of submission spots where Ronda was able to uh, try to get in. Sarah was trying to get out, but again, Ronda has extensive MMA training. She is a true fighter. So she just started raining down blows on Sarah, then locked in the armbar for the tap out. Uh, you know, they're going out the ring, Riot Squad, they're, headed, they're getting ready to head up the ramp, and uh, Ruby turns around, and 
uh, goes up to the apron. If he had a little small stare down, just a small one. I'm big on the stare downs in WWE. It gives us in the WWE universe a true idea as to, you know, what we might just be looking at, you know, eventually. And it, there's, a, there's always a feel that comes with a nice stare down in a WWE setting. So, uh, you know, Ruby's on the apron. Ru uh, excuse me, Ronda's in the ring. Throws down the title and, and pretty much says, uh, if you want some, come get it. You know, I got some for you too. And uh, Ruby turns around. You see, she's clearly conflicted, and she chooses to uh, head on up the ramp with the Riot Squad. They get backstage and they met with Dasha the Chameleon, and she asked them, you know, asked Ruby, why did you run away? It says she didn't run away. It says she was, uh, she could do it. She could take her on, but it'll be for the Raw Women's Championship, which is, which would be a great match. We'd all love to see it. We know that Ruby Riot is, uh, she's a very talented in-ring technician. You know, she's proven that time and time again. She just hasn't really uh, gotten, I guess, the opportunity to go for the Royal Women's Championship. But she could be next in line, you know. Outside of storyline, everybody's uh, getting a shot to go at it with Ronda Rousey. We saw how it's been playing out with Ronda Rousey. has been coming out on top and you know, now we have this really, really fun way to potentially end that story at WrestleMania to see if she can go through the entire WWE Women's Division or, you know, take a loss to somebody. You know, she, her and Charlotte never finished their match and clearly we know what's going on with uh, her and Becky right now and it's, uh, it's definitely cool. I like that a lot. So Ruby Riot being the next person to go in there with her for the championship, that would be really, really nice to see. I think it would be a cool test to see what Ruby is capable of doing, you know, in, like, you know, the championship setting. You know, I think she is that caliber of a superstar. We constantly hear it on commentary. You know, I, I personally don't remember seeing it, but to see Ruby Riot one-on-one with Ember Moon, that would be a slight dream match. I'm pretty sure it might have happened once or twice, but at a high level. So these, this is the future of the women's division. And... In the women's uh, evolution in itself, we might just get to be able to see that maybe at Fastlane. I know Elimination Chamber is pretty uh, stacked. Everybody's focus is on the, uh, you know, Royal Women, well, excuse me, the Women's Tag Team Championships. The Riot Squad uh, definitely uh, have a fair claim in that. So we'll see what happens at Elimination Chamber. But what we're all really focused on is seeing what's going to happen with uh, Ronda Rousey and you know on the road to WrestleMania in the fast lane I think her running into Ruby uh, like I said it'd be real cool so uh, Ruby's gonna go take care of her friends and we're gonna get into the next segment get backstage and see uh, Boston Hug Connection Bailey and that's right Sasha Banks shouts to Sasha shouts to Bailey I know they both you know listening and they're besties so you know they're both uh you know, listening, they both like it, like the podcast and such, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, they're, they're going to have a tag team match later on tonight with, uh, well, taking on Nikki Cross and the captain of the women's division, uh, Alicia Fox. It's, um, it, that's an unlikely pairing, but I actually kind of like it. They're, you know, they're both crazy, you know, and I think uh, Nikki can begin to, if this even makes sense, it can begin to really align or direct some of the crazy that 
uh, Foxy brings uh, to the product. So I'm, I like the team up. It seems seems pretty cool. You know, they're back there saying embrace the chaos because it's non-judgmental and it's fair and such like that. And whatever, we're going to get those guys in the tag team. Well, those women in a tag team match later on tonight. Meanwhile, we have this uh, Four Corners tag team match with the Revival, the B team, Heavy Machinery, and uh, and the Lucha House Party. That's, um, it's cool to see uh, Heavy Machinery, uh, you know, being featured on WWE TV there. And uh, they were just in that Four Corners tag match on SmackDown. And now they're in the Four Corners match on Raw, you know, so it's... Uh, it's a way for all of us in the WWE universe to get to know them and to see, you know, uh, where they would uh, stick better. I'm looking maybe at uh, maybe Raw for them. I could be, you know, inaccurate, but I think they would. They have a cool little fit on Raw. We got a lot of jokey teams, quote unquote. Like I don't really want to talk down on the tag team division at all. You know, we got the strong guys and, you know, AOP and uh, the tag team champions, Rude and Gable, of course. We got guys like the Revival that are coming up. Uh, you know, Lucha House Party is more the 205 tag team. I don't know about getting tag team championships on 205 Live just yet, but, you know, anything could happen. Never say never. I would love to see them. I want to say sooner than later, but, you know, it's still growing in the product, so... Uh, we'll be uh, definitely doing the 205 Live podcast uh, this Wednesday or this Thursday, excuse me. So, uh, you know, it's a it's a cool, you know, show, but I don't think that the Lucha House Party are necessarily uh, Raw Champions. It would be cool, not well, the Raw Tag Champions. Like, I don't think it would be a, I don't want to say bad, good idea, but I don't think it would be a bad idea. It might be kind of cool to eventually see, you know, uh, two members of the House Party uh, take the ta- get the tag team championships and flaunt them off on 205 just to say hi look at us you know I don't know it may be storyline you know something like that maybe that could be the way that uh the you know 205 live tag team championships get uh you know meshed into the product in itself who knows it's this is just me you know uh shooting from half court but um you know, we got the Four Corners match coming up, We well, right now, and we've got the tag team match between the ladies uh, later on, so let's get into this. I didn't forget about the B team at all. I like those guys. They were good. They uh, have been written to be a joke. I missed the way they were when they were in the Miz Taraj, and, you know, I think it kind of shows here tonight that they well, you know, you don't want to talk down on these tag teams, but they're almost a joke. They had a good couple of spots of offense, double team, neckbreaker moment, broke up a pin attempt after the Caterpillar. You know, these are two good spots that they had, but ultimately they took the pin to a shadow machine. Another big part of the match was uh, us seeing that the heavy machinery guys, they, they're still a little new, you know, there are ways that the wrestling matches go, excuse me, at these matches go, and, you know, the, it's hard to explain, but they were definitely, uh, they, 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 they didn't know, they didn't see certain cues, I would say, it took a little bit longer, and it's, uh, quote-unquote, supposed to be more so fast-paced action. Now, they did good in the match, take nothing away from either one of them, but this is, uh, just to say that they, you know, aren't as polished 
on the main roster as other teams like such as the Revival who picked up the win because uh, they were able to, you know, sneak some tags in and, you know, become legal, get rid of heavy machinery and get in the ring with uh, Bo Dallas and eventually hit him with a shatter machine. You know, you go back and see how that ending sequence went and you can see exactly how the experience on the main roster showed and definitely proved for uh, the Revival. So now they're the number one contenders for the Tag Team Championships and we'll see them take on Bobby Roode and Chad Gable at another time. Uh, maybe Fastlane, who knows? Maybe maybe Elimination Chamber. I don't... We all can see by now that the kickoff show is a thing, so I'm not going to say, oh, it's on the kickoff show like it's a small thing. Maybe we might be able to see it on the kickoff show. Or we might just see it during the main show. Who knows? But we're going to see how they begin building to that. The Revival have a fair claim at the Tag Team Championships, and they would definitely give uh, Rudy Gable a run for their money. Ultimately, we'd have a really, really fantastic tag team match. That's how I feel about that. Either way, we cut the backstage with uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. And, you know, they're uh, they're basically uh, trying to pump each other up. You know, Zack is upset that they, his name was spelled wrong. And he was only trying to make Kurt feel better because, uh, you know, Kurt is at, what, 250 wins somewhere around there, give or take. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, almost a feel-good story developing between the two. You know, they spelled Zack Ryder's name last week wrong this is what i'll say the internet may have spotted it i wasn't really looking at that i was looking more to see uh you know zach Ryder on wwe tv so off storyline i'm sure he's cool with it and storyline is really cool that they brought that up you know just to say that they are paying attention to everyone that actually is trying to make a fair claim to an opinion you know uh, about the product and, and they're responding to you know the best ones so them you know, acknowledging the mistake they made is, well, through Zack Ryder and making a storyline of it and really having it be something that we can all, you know, respect and get behind because we like to see him on TV and might be able to even get Kurt Hawkins' win. You know, it's a cool thing. You know, this is the new era. And I'll tell you, I'm seeing all of the subtle changes being made. If you're not seeing them, you're not watching right. Let's get into this next segment. So on social media, it's been promoted uh, that uh, Kurt Angle was going to address his future in the WWE uh, on Monday Night Raw, and that's exactly what he did. He's met in the back uh, with, you know, superstars such as Mickey James, Apollo Crews, uh, No Way Jose. They were all giving him uh, well wishes and such. They didn't know what he was going to bring up. And once he came out to the ring, you know, he uh, gave a quick speech to the fans, but as soon as... He got to the part, like, you know, the running running ideas that he's going to retire, you know. And we all have our feels about Kurt Angle, so it would be sad to see him go, you know. And he he even retorted that with the idea of, you know, father time catching up with every athlete and knowing when it's your time to, you know, hang up the boots. But uh, before he can get into all of that, he's interrupted by Baron Corbin, and also Drew McIntyre and pretty much saying, like, it, you should have already retired. You're already too old to be doing this, and we, we, we already beat you easily, embarrassed you, and all the rest of that. So why are you even still trying to do it? Like, e either well, you know, it just doesn't look good. Kurt Angle 
uh, you know, the former WWE champion. We all know he's, he's fairly emotional at times, and he's he's not going to back down, you know. So he was pretty much saying, like, I'm, I'll take you guys on right now. You know, it could have been to his detriment, but luckily, as they came down to the ring to beat him up, the monster among men, Braun Strowman, came on down to hand out some hands. And, uh, you know, he took out Drew McIntyre early. Uh, Baron Corbin was in the ring fighting with Kurt Angle and uh, got out the ring. Long story short, uh, gave the assist to Braun Strowman for being able to come to Kurt's backup. We we don't know what Kurt Angle was going to say, but maybe next week on Royal we could get it right. I don't know. We're just going to find out how this all play, plays out. Either way, tonight we got Finn Balor taking on the almighty Bobby Lashley with Leo Rush in this corner. That's also been promoted on social media. So, you know, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a good one. We know that Finn and uh, Bobby had a little little uh, spat last week where Finn was still a little injured from his match with Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. And, uh, you know, still had some things to say after being antagonized by Leo Rush. But uh, Bobby Lashley gave him uh, three crazy spine busters, I believe. I think it was three. It was pretty, pretty crazy. Oh, they weren't necessarily spine busters, but modified versions. Hand in the chest, lifted them all the way up and crashed them into the mat. It was uh, something else, but we're going to get into that later on tonight. So let's see what comes next. Wait. Right. Uh-huh. See? See? Kirk can't retire. He's still ready. He still want to fight, man. He still got that animal. See how it goes. And there you go. There goes that main event. So we're going to get those those four going at it in the Royal, in the Royal Rumble main event. Excuse me. In the main event of Monday Night Raw. It sounds good to me. Let's get to it. So we get into the women's tag team match between uh, Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox taking on the Boston Hug Connection. Uh, Sasha Banks' music hit, getting ready to come on now, but it's taking a while. You know, we know how Sasha's uh, cues are by now. Usually she's already out there and she's able to get the pose by the time the uh, chorus to the song starts. That didn't happen. She was taking a very long time to come out. So it's like, what's going on? Out of nowhere, Bailey is hurled from backstage and it's very clear that there was an assault on both of them you know uh nikki cross and alicia fox blindsided them even well before even the intro intros happened no entrance well entrance music but pretty much they blindsided them and were beating them up it was a complete uh ass whooping part of my language but it was bad it, it, it's very clear that also sasha has a knee injury from her match uh, with Ronda Rousey at, at the Royal Rumble, so uh, Sasha was already on one leg and was getting kicked and beat up on. She couldn't really uh, defend herself too, too much, so Bailey was able to get up and try to get some offense in, but the numbers game between those two, Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross, were too much for Bailey. Match didn't start. Official was trying to break it up, and eventually we did get to start the match. We get the match when we go to break, come back, and then the match is going on, and it's basically two-on-one. Sasha's knee is really hurting her. She can't even, she's like dragging herself up to the to the apron to be able to stand up. She eventually gets up there, but during that entire time, Bailey was going at it against a fresh tagging team of 
Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox. They were both doing uh, really good as far as uh, keeping each other uh, fresh for getting in the ring with Bailey. But I will say this. Bailey has uh, definitely improved from that Kendall stick on a pole match. It was a, it was bad, you know. The the question was, did Bailey have that killer instinct that she had that fire inside? And in these past couple of weeks, I can definitely say we've seen a different side of Bailey, and hopefully it continues to grow. I wouldn't want to say that, you know, she's uh she's peaked at all, you know. I think we're all waiting to really see Bailey uh. Uh, you know, not go bad, but really get aggressive, aggressive, you know, if you're thinking four horsewomen sign, then yeah, we want to see some badass Bailey, you know, in time, as it all comes to it, we know we got that uh, elimination chamber match coming up for the role, well, excuse me, for the women's tag team championships, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that uh, fares. Uh, for the boss of her connection. Ultimately, Bailey picks up the win by the uh, Sasha Banks assist, which was really cool. They had Bailey outside, Nikki Cross hit her with a giant crossbody from the apron to the outside mat, and uh, you know ba- Bailey gets up and she's on the post. And uh, excuse me, Nikki Cross goes to charge into her in the post, but ends up posting herself because Sasha was able to pull Bailey out of the way. So. Biggest is goes to Sasha for that. This lends to that teamwork thing. Like, even if she was hurt, she still was able to get in there and aid her partner in a definite time of almost desperation. But got Bailey back in the ring. Alicia Fox came out and sent uh, Nikki Cross back into the ring. And basically, uh, wait, was it Nikki Cross? Yes, excuse me. Um, Bailey was able to pick up the victory. Uh, Alicia Fox tagged herself in. And, uh, Bailey was able to get the roll-up victory. There was a moment at the end of the match where during the count where uh, Alicia Fox's legs was on the rope, so she might have been able to get the rope break, but Bailey was able to move enough and maneuver herself in the pinning predicament to uh, get Alicia Fox's legs off the ropes. It was really fast. She would have to go back and watch that at, watch the end of that match, but uh, Bailey picks up the 1-2-3 victory in an almost handicap match, but again, shots to Sasha for the assist. Uh, with that, you know, we got the, or the, the field is almost set for the Women's Tag Team Championships at the Elimination Chamber match. Crazy, because it's uh, on February 17th. I know we're still a ways away, but we're getting close. And uh, we got all of the teams prepared. We got the Riot Squad, we got Tamina and Nia Jax, and we got the Boss of Hug Connection representing Raw. Then we have the Iconics and... Uh, team Absolution, uh, Team Fire and Desire, Team Tough Enough, that's right, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, these two of my picks going in, I usually don't have, uh, you know, dogs in the race, but I like those two to go in and take the victory, I know we're probably going to get to see Bailey and Sasha Banks do it, it's a real representation, so if I had to make my pick, it would be them, uh, this is not to take away from any other, any other one of the teams that are in, I could... Y'all know how I am by now with this. I could talk about the women's division all day long. But we we can't do that, so good luck to all of the women. But what I will say, and then we'll get into the next segment, is we do not have a third team for SmackDown. So I'm very interested to see who it's going to be. I was almost feeling crazy a couple of weeks ago when we were of trying to figure out who the next team was going or who that other team was since uh, Oscar is 
you know, the women's champion now. And not to say her and Naomi broke up or anything, but I don't think that that's a, I don't think that's going to uh, be a thing. Either way, we're going to find out, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be really, really cool to see what WWE does to fill those two uh, final spots in the Elimination Chamber match for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Cut to the backstage, and uh, Charlie C., Charlie Crossfit, Charlie Caruso is uh, doing her best Dasha Fuentes impression, trying to hide from the camera, but uh, she was interviewing Apollo Crews with the jokes aside and asking... Uh, what what do you you know how he felt about Kurt Angle still going into the ring because he hasn't had the best showing uh, recently and we saw him talking to Kurt Angle earlier in the evening. Uh, you know, Paulo pretty much you know said everything you needed to say. You know, shared that you know Kurt Angle is an American hero, an Olympic uh, legend, or the WWE Hall of Famer, pretty much all of the good stuff that you know we all know about Kurt Angle. And he uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't go in there. And, you know, mix it up one more time. We had uh, one half of the AOP. I don't want to say the wrong name. One of them is injured right now, but we had one half walking uh, through the backstage area with uh, DMGM's general manager, Drake Maverick, even though he's, you know, his role, so he's just the manager of, you know, the others of pain, but uh, Drake Maverick is walking, and they come up, and it's like, uh, <clears throat> would you just be honest and say the Kurt Angle doesn't have a chance tonight? You know, uh, they exchanged words. It was pretty much, you know, puppet talk and trying to make jokes. And one half of the AOP was getting ready to take it straight to Apollo. Apollo didn't necessarily show any fear, but Drake Maverick uh, stopped it. and said that Apollo was just mad because his Olympic hero keeps letting him down. One half of AOP, he relaxed himself. But this definitely sets up a... A future matchup between those two. I think that would be a real good test for them both. You know, uh, Razor and Akam, both of them in the Authors of Pain are very capable superstars. They make the tag team division on Raw look that much uh, stronger. And, you know, in, in the proper time, we're going to be able to see how he would fare in singles competition against someone like Apollo, who is no slouch. He's, you, you already see his body, you know, his physique, if you will. He, we know how agile he is in the ring. So to see those two really get in there and clash, you know, it was, I think it would be very interesting to figure out who would be the better of the two. Either way, um, next we have uh, Elias taking on uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. In, you know, a one-on-one match, you got Road Dog flanking, which is awesome. Just need to put that out there. It's great to see Road Dog on WWE television. We know he's backstage, but an off chance that he gets to hear this with the big belly and all. It is great to see Roadie be just, just, just around, you know. It, it's, a, it's a throwback to the old days and, and whatever. I could sit here and talk about that all day also, but it's, it's just good to see him. Don't want to, you know have him come out all the time, you know what I mean, but just to be out there to give, you know, Jeff Jarrett a little bit of, uh, you know, give him that, just be that support system for a Hall of Famer and such like that, I think that was a smart idea, but um, yeah, so we're going to have Jeff Jarrett taking on uh, Elias in a one-on-one match, and, uh, you know, in storyline, Jeff Jarrett is a character that I am not a fan of. I'm, I don't like Jeff Jarrett. Why? Long time ago when I was a child, you know, uh, 
I started watching WCW also, and the first rivalry, the first feud I saw was uh, Jeff Jarrett taking on, that's right, King Booker, Booker T, and you know, Jeff Jarrett was a really strong competitor, but we all cared about Booker T. I liked Booker T a lot. I didn't really know who I was looking for, you know, going into watching, you know, that form of sports entertainment. But, uh, you know, Booker T was a standout, and you know, with Harlem Heat and Stevie Ray. And, you know, look, we could get into all kinds of WCW stuff, but just go to the network and watch it. But him and Booker T were the first... Uh, uh, feud or rivalry that I saw on a different brand of uh, wrestling in, in general, so I just didn't, I didn't really like uh, Jeff Jarrett, he was a bad guy, and that stays with me, you know, to see him uh, competing on Raw 20 some odd, well almost 20 years later, it's it's really inspirational, you know, it, he looks good, he looks super in shape, we know that there have been, you know, differences and small things like that, but we move forward, we're not necessarily trying to look backward to that stuff, it was a hilarious segment, in my opinion, last week, it was just that, that, that comedy that Raw has, it's just silly, you know, so it was real cool to see him come out with Road Dog and stuff like that, and we're gonna see how he fares tonight against Elias, we know the man hits hard, has one of the best natural punches in the business, in my opinion, of all time, but, um, we're going to see how he fares against the, what is it, resident troubadour, my man Elias, you know, he's a future champion, hands down, don't disrespect Elias, even though he's a bad guy again, you know, I think he has a fair claim, you know, as far as heels go, you know, people should be standing on their feet, and the rest of that, and, you know, where were they at last week, Uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, the Phoenix crowd gets it, you know, they claimed that they weren't worthy, but, you know, these are all uh, funny jokes uh, outside of storyline. Inside of storyline, Elias is completely justified for his emotions, so let's see how these two are able to fare against each other uh, right now. So Elias and Jeff Jarrett are going at it. They're having a good match. Uh, Road Dog had a great moment. We faked a punch, but you know that would have picked. That'd have been a disqualification. Elias would have picked up the win, obviously. But the fact that he did that and just he, like I said, he faked it. And he didn't really throw a punch at all. You know, had Elias flinch real fast and gave Jarrett the upper hand. Very, very veteran-like maneuver. It was awesome. But uh, this, uh, you know, this led to them having a, you know, fairly regular match. Jeff Jarrett still got it clearly. You know, he's still in the ring, still able to move and shake with the young guys. And that's, I think that's respectable. You know, that's really, really cool from, you know, uh, somebody that I, I wasn't even watching WWE in 1993. But to know that he started then, and now it's well over 20 years later. But you can still do everything, that, well, I won't say everything, but do most of the stuff that you were doing all the way back then. That's amazing. So, uh uh, toward the end of the match, Elias uh, uh, kicks Road Dog out of the ring. He had his back turned or something. I guess dealing with the crowd, talking to them, and Elias kicks him, knocks him down, and uh, eventually was able to uh, hit Jeff Jarrett with the drift away as finisher maneuver. Picked up the one, two, three victory, but um, 
after, you know, well, while Elias was celebrating, Road Dog jumped in the ring and attacked him from behind. I mean, he was getting even from the unprovoked attack from earlier, but, you know, there's just a, a lot of combustible elements in and surrounding the ring. You know, these guys still got it. That's the lesson to learn, even from Road Dog. Corey on commentary was, uh, you know, making a lot of old person references toward Road Dog and you know, Jeff Jarrett and such like that, but you could definitely see that these old dogs still definitely remember an amount of tricks that maybe we might not even know about yet, so just putting respect on that, it was a real cool segment, Jeff Jarrett was able to break the back, break the, uh, excuse me, break the uh, guitar over Elias's back, uh, didn't know if it broke all the way, but it, it shattered the back part of it, it and it was hollow, of course it's hollow inside, but I was looking more for like a giant, uh, you know, explosion of a guitar, but it's alright, it was cool, Jeff Jarrett walks out looking strong, has him look good, Elias, you know, he's Elias, he picked up the victory, so we all know we respect him and walk with him, so it's a good look, either way we uh, cut the backstage with Natty and Dana Brooke, and uh, Dana Brooke is attempting to apologize to Natty for, uh, you know, last week and what she said and stuff like that, and it's uh, almost obvious that Natty, who looked amazing, by the way, was, uh, you know, still, you know, upset about the situation, upset about the match, you know, this was a tag team, well, the Women's Tag Team Championships, you know, we're going to have a lot of them in the coming years, but there can only be one first ever Women's Tag Team Champions, so... Uh, Natty didn't get that opportunity, didn't qualify for it uh, last week with Dana Brooke, but, you know, well, and Dana Brooke is attempting to apologize just to speak on Dana Brooke real fast. You know, she's been stepping up more. She's been uh, seemingly much more aggressive as far as the vocals go. You know, she can, she seems like she's able to turn up when need be, and that's very, very respectable. I think it's cool to see her uh jumping into a character and getting an opportunity on TV to really, you know, show what she can do, and, you know, I thought the I thought the uh, segment was really funny, you know, I thought it was a real cool way to follow up from last week, and just uh, see what, you know, the, the emotional trip Dana Brooke will go on in, you know, the backstage segments leading into the match, so uh, it turns out that Dana Brooke was, uh, you know, uh, getting upset because Natty was ignoring her because of that whole match thing last week, and, and she got mad enough and said, if you're not going to talk to me, then we're just going to have to settle this in the ring, so she's going to go find someone in the McMahon clan and set up a matchup between her and Natty. That's crazy because, you know, she is a gymnast, Dana Brooke, and Natty is the only woman to graduate the hard dungeon. She is my favorite in-ring technician in the women's division, you know, there's a lot of uh, different categories for me when it comes to, uh, you know, favorites in the women's division, excuse me, in the women's division, but uh, Natty definitely showed me what she was capable of, I always knew, but I seen it for real, for real, when uh, she went at it against Ronda Rousey for the women's championship back at the end of last year, I believe, so turns out that Natty had her wireless headphones in, and she couldn't hear anything Dana Brooke was saying. So, wow, right? It's uh, gonna be a matchup, I assume, between Dana Brooke and Natty. But it's all because Dana Brooke well, was 
talking to herself, but it wasn't that he was ignoring her, she just couldn't hear her. Uh, it's pretty funny to me, and I would like to see how this all uh, plays out. It's it's uh, very interesting to say the very least about it all. So Bobby Lashley and uh, Finn Balor are going at it next. Bobby Lashley backstage with uh, Charlie Caruso. They're asking if, uh, you know, he's ready. Well, asking Finn backstage, you know, if he's ready. He's been banged up. He's noticeably walking slower. You know, it's been a rough couple of weeks for him, and, and Finn pretty much saying he's the Irish is stubborn when wounded, and he went out there ready for the match. You know, he was uh, prepared for Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley comes out with Leo Rush dressed in his uh, ring gear and tells Finn that if he can, uh, you know, entertain him enough, then he'll consider a match with him. But the entertainment aspect is going to come from his matchup with uh, Leo Rush. We know Leo is smaller, a lot quicker, agile, 205 Live superstar, very, very talented in-ring individual. I, I think Leo Rush is awesome. You know, we see just uh, just how athletic he really is when he gets in there with uh, anybody that can keep up with him. So, you know, he's going in there and he takes on Finn Balor, have a cool match. Bobby Lashley interferes a little bit before the match even really gets started. Uh, Finn, excuse me, well, Finn gets attacked by Bobby Lashley, and it was brutal. You know, Finn is already uh, still banged up from those from the beatdown last week by Lashley and the uh, the match against Brock Lesnar at the Rumble. So this beatdown again the night before the match with Leo Rush, you know, it gives Leo a fair, well, uh, almost an unfair shot or unfair advantage over uh, Finn Balor going into it. So they have a real cool match. Bobby Lashley tries to interfere again. It works, but he gets ejected from uh, ringside, and he gets sent backstage to have to watch. So it won't be, a, well, it'll be a, you know, fair matchup between the two. They go at it. Uh, Leo went for a final hour. He had a couple of real good spots. Springboard stunner type uh, deal where he's looking like he's going to jump out the ring. He crossed up the cameraman because he's fast like that. But went for the final hour. Finn was able to get out of the way. And uh, Finn ultimately won with, you know, the drop kick to the corner and the coup de gras. Made sense. You know, we saw a great top row power corona from Leo, you know, just to show, you know, that he is capable. It's really, really cool to see a 205 Live superstar uh, taking on a main roster superstar, you know. And... You know, Finn needed to win. He got it, and you know that was cool. Next up came out Paige, and she was promoting uh, fighting with my family coming out. I believe February 22nd, and theaters everywhere. I think. Don't quote me on that, but uh, definitely go see it. I'm gonna see if we can get uh, some sort of sponsorship so we can shout out the movie. Might be able to get somebody some free tickets or something like that. Either way, it's good to see Paige on WWE TV, and uh, you know, let's continue the show. So luckily for all of us, we get graced with another moment of Bliss segment. Uh, Alexa Bliss's talk show has been highly entertaining. She's had the best possible guests she could have had each and every uh, time she goes out there for that. This week, uh, to everyone's surprise, her guest was none other than EC3. Now, we haven't seen much of them. We've seen them every so often backstage. I think it'd be an understatement to say we haven't heard much from him, but he hasn't said much. And, uh, you know, finally we're going to get a chance to have uh, Alexa Bliss interview him and 
you know, I guess pick his brain, you know, see see what, what Brandy wants to head to. And I think that's what she was asking him after, you know, you know, I think that was the main question she asked him, like, where are you going to go? You know, and right before he began to answer that question, he was interrupted by Nia Jax. And uh, this it was utterly hilarious. Again, you know, she comes out uh, coughing and hacking in, you know, uh, joke form. Like, this isn't even about uh, you guys. She pretty much took over the show, uh, completely uh, looked over EC3. Came out with Tamina. Tamina looked awesome, uh, just like Nia Jax had like cargo pants, not the cargo, the camouflage, uh, you know, eh, whatever. So they was uh, out there, and Nia was uh, trying to speak, uh, you know, highly on herself. Had a good week, even went as far as to say she might be the one to, uh, excuse me, to take Becky's place in the main event of WrestleMania against Ronda Rousey. How about that? we will indeed see but um while all of that was happening we she was actually interrupted by Dean Ambrose now I'm not gonna talk anything about anything that has to do with Dean Ambrose outside of the storyline because what matters in my opinion is what goes on inside of the storylines with him so uh he comes out and interrupts Nia's interrupt. She's upset, asks him if he really just interrupted her interrupt. And he answers, apologizes to uh, Bliss for, you know, being out there and, uh, you know, let Nia know that even though she's seemingly attracted to him and has a crush, you know, he is a happily married man to royal commentator Renee Young. And he's not going to, you know, you can't, ain't nothing going to come from it. So it's no point and trying to bother him just stay as far away as possible that's a loyal man and i really appreciate something like that so shouts to dino for that one moving forward in the segment he uh begins to send rapid fire questions at ec3 like hey uh, you know one of the best questions after about two or three fast random questions that he uh couldn't answer pause great moment asked him who he is before he could say something or whatever uh, he got the mic slapped out of his hand, but we'll get into all that in a second. Uh, I, the best question Dino asked was where EC1 and EC2. Man, that even the crowd knew that was really funny. I don't know if Dean is still a heel. I don't know if he's transitioning to a face, but for right now, well, I, mean, I guess right now he's still a heel, but it feels a little transition-y. You know, it feels like he's switching over back to the face side, but uh, it's it's all good. Either way, either direction he goes, it, you know, he's uh, he's very capable, you know, he's funny, you know, and he can ask his questions in a very comical manner. So it's uh, it was a good look to see Dino out there, you know, uh, with, you know, the, the newest NXT suit, the newest NXT call-up, and uh, or call-over, if you will, so... Yeah, that was that was what's up, and I asked him uh, why he keeps sitting backstage and not in the ring because that's what we all here to see. We want to see him in the ring, not in the back, looking like a, what did Dean say? Called him a mute Chippendale, but whatever, right? That was you know funny in his own rights. And uh, EC3 gets up and he gets ready to speak into the microphone, fakes like he can't talk, and then uh, punches Dean in the face and begins to walk down to the ring. So I'm assuming that we're going to get a matchup between EC3 and Dean Ambrose. Who's going to win? I want to speak outside of the storyline, but I am 
not maybe in about a month or so let's continue to see how things uh, uh transpire uh, between Dean Ambrose and the backstage powers that be at Gorilla. I'm not going to talk about it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Head online and go check the dirt sheets, if you will, because what really matters here is the fact that Dean Ambrose and EC3 are going to go at it one-on-one. And that was your moment of bliss. That's crazy because the moment of bliss, you know, she keeps on getting interrupted by superstars and stuff like that. She's just trying to get a good reputation as a talk show host. <laughs> you know, and uh, so that's a, is a good build on that. I think we can continue to, you know, uh, lay, the, lay the foundation with that. And EC3 not really saying anything. I don't know how long it's going to be, but it's actually pretty intriguing. You know, we all know the man can talk. He just doesn't get the opportunity to. That's, that's funny, you know. So with that, let's get into this match. So in a weird change of events with the main event between Braun Strowman, Kurt Angle, Drew McIntyre, and Baron Corbin, as it continues to take place, uh, Baron Corbin disqualified, well, uh, excuse me, Braun Strowman disqualifies his team because he uh, punched Baron Corbin in the face when he wasn't necessarily a legal man in the match. That's a little odd as the show continues to go off the air, you know, it's a... Uh, this continues the story with Kurt Angle, in my opinion. I would like to uh, see how much more takes place between these guys. You know, we all thought that Kurt Angle was going to retire, but, you know, he clearly still got more in the tank. So, let's uh, see how it all plays out. Now, to toss him into the stairs and, and use the steel steps as some kind of weapon, I think they're going to try to put uh, Kurt Angle down and out for good. Baron Corbin, I mean, excuse me, Braun Strowman was tossed over. Uh, the barricade and Angle's defenseless now. You know this is this is the end of the road. We've been doing hard cutoffs for a while now, uh, some months I would almost say. I think they're gonna go for a double choke slam, but and comes Braun to save the day. Uh, you know I think uh, with the slight injuries we have, it feels not empty. Whoa, wait a minute, choke slam to the steel stairs from Braun to Drew McIntyre, and now I believe he's gonna do the same thing to Baron Corbin. Yep, and that is what happens. Man, this is crazy. Uh, shouts to all the sponsors. Shouts to everything pro wrestling. Shouts to Scumbags for Wrestling. Shouts to Tom. And shouts to all of the guys that bring you the uh, podcast in the shadows each and every week. Uh, shouts to Sasha Banks. Shouts to Bailey. You know, uh, this was a great show. I liked it. It's uh, flowed by. It, did, it didn't feel like it dragged at all. It was great moments. And, uh, and this was Monday Night Raw. Standing tall at the end of the night was Kurt Angle and uh, Braun Strowman. It was almost uh, almost difficult, but even in the DQ, uh, Kurt Angle and Baron, um, excuse me, Braun Strowman still picked up the win. So it was a it was a good look. You know, it was fun. Either way, tomorrow I will catch you guys for SmackDown Live. I will see you guys then. It was uh, an honor. Be sure to. Uh, applaud this if people are feeling it and ensure that you share it be sure to tell your people about it make them download the app and uh, I'll see you tomorrow for Smackdown Live